What's up, everyone, and welcome to Season 1 of Unsportsman My Conduct. While you're on the road heading to the next tournament or trying to pass some time before lacing up the skates for practice, this is your podcast to tune in and listen on all things hockey. My girl, KDP, once said, you can travel in the world, but nothing comes close to the Golden Coast. But I say, nothing comes close to tuning in for Episode 6, where we sat down with my man Scory Corey Anderson out in Cali and talked youth hockey in the Golden State, his path from Bakersfield all the way up to Saskatchewan for junior hockey, and from there on to Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York, where he played four years of Division Three hockey, and eventually up to the Danbury Hattricks in the FPHL, where he played professionally in Connecticut. It's a great listen for all aspiring junior and college hockey players, and even those looking to play pro after school. Hope you guys sit back and enjoy. This interview is brought to you by Your Environments Wax. They make an awesome eco-friendly stick wax that's rated number one for stickiness and scored a 9.7 out of 10 on performance. I use it every time I tape my stick, and it's literally the best stick wax I've ever used. Even better, it's non-toxic and helps save the environment one bar at a time. Do it clean, and head over to youstoked.com or your nearest pure hockey to place your order today. That's Y-E-W-S-T-O-K-E-D.com. Mr. Anderson, what's going on, my man? Mike Cambria, how are we, man? Doing good, man. I miss you. I miss you too, man. It seems like uh, it's been a hot minute since you've seen each other. I know. Last time was what? Houston last year? Uh, actually, Houston, but then uh, when I rolled back into Danbury, oh, we that's saw right, each other yeah. uh, at Playland for a little bit. That's right, right, right. And maybe the Bruce Rice Arena. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, dude, it's been man. a while for sure. Totally. Oh. So, all right. I mean, I know all about you, but can you kind of give our listeners a brief summary of your playing career? You know, maybe from youth through uh, professional hockey, but you wrapped up with Danbury. Yeah. Um, so I'm originally from Bakersfield, California. It's about two hours North of LA there. Um, grew up uh, actually no one in my family grew up playing hockey at all. So I'm the first in my family actually. And uh when I was four years old was when we moved to Bakersfield, actually, and uh, pretty much the friends that my parents had made, like their kids had, uh, were playing hockey at the time, and it was all roller back then out here in California. So when I was four years old, um, started playing roller hockey, and then when I was about seven, that's the year everyone switched over to ice, and so um, strapped up the skates then for ice hockey and uh, just grew up playing Southern California um, for the Bakersfield Dragons. And then when I was 16, uh, moved away to Canada, um, went to a, uh, a boarding school called Notre Dame in Saskatchewan there. Um, played my last two years of high school there and um, stayed and played for uh, their junior team as well. And then uh, got the opportunity to go play at uh, Manhattanville College uh, NCAA Division III, um, great experience there. And after that, um, yeah, I got uh, picked up by the Danbury Hattricks in the FBHL. That's pretty cool, man. You kind of wrapped up. I saw you announce your retirement uh, on Instagram. How'd that feel? Yeah, um, definitely very bittersweet. Um, you know, it's just, it kind of just came to that time now where, you know, I was, I was good and um, content where, where I was with my hockey career. And you know, obviously hockey is something that you can't do until you're 40 years old, unless you're Yager, right? But uh, um, I think I'm just at that point now in my life where I'm just ready for the next chapter. But, you know, if I could obviously do it all over again, I would in a heartbeat. And so, yeah. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember my, uh, my last game, I was flying home from, from Utah and I was like, man, this is, this is it. You know, I played my last bit of competitive hockey and it was, it was, um, you know, when you look back and reflect on all of it, you know, it's definitely cool. And like you said, I mean, I'd, I'd go back and do it again in a heartbeat and I, I definitely wouldn't change a thing um, at all. I loved it. And I'm sure you did too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And every moment of it, you know, it took me, you know, coming from a small town, California, like, and, you know, going off to explore, you know, all parts of Canada and the East coast and, you know, got a little experience down in the SPHL too, and got to see that area as well. And so, you know, I'm definitely very grateful for my time as a hockey player, you know, and so, you know, I definitely, like you just said, I wouldn't change a thing at all. So you, you know, you mentioned you grew up playing hockey, you know, out in the West coast, and I'm kind of willing to bet that, you know, most of my listeners are from the East coast, uh, but can you kind of talk briefly about the youth hockey scene out there, you know, now, you know, maybe compare it to what you saw here when you kind of, you know, we're playing from Manhattanville and doing a little bit of work in our area compared to youth hockey out East. Oh yeah, definitely. I think they're two different worlds. I, I guess like I always use it as a reference, like too, like when I was a kid, like obviously like uh, hockey and, um, was still growing, you know, it's kind of getting that slow buildup to where it is now out here. Um, and I just think though, too, like the, I think it's just a lot of the training is very different from the West coast to the East coast, you know, East coast, it seems like there's always something going on, some type of camp, some type of training um, as compared to here where it's more of just kind of the kids just have their season, you know, maybe do like a summer camp or something. And that's kind of it where in the East coast, it seems like it's a little bit more um, intense in regards to staying constantly on the ice, if that makes sense. So um, I definitely think those are two different areas that um, they are. And so I think too, a lot of it has to do with just the uh, the availability of ice. Sometimes there's some rinks out here too in California that aren't around in the summer as compared to the East Coast where there's definitely rinks that are year round. Yeah, it's funny how, like I, I see it too in different areas. Like when we go, you know, down to the Southeast on the road for, for camps and I'm talking to hockey players down there and, and some of them drive like, you know, two hours, three hours to the nearest rink just to kind of get ice time. It's it's a totally different world than, than what you kind of see in the... Uh, in the Northeast, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I think just having that availability is a, is a big factor for sure. And obviously, you know, like you guys with Eric Nates and all that stuff, having all those camps year round, that's a big part too, I think. Yeah, totally. And just in general, I mean, like it, it, you don't really see many places, you know, in our country that are kind of like, you know, the tri-state area where there's almost like, you know, 12 to 15 rinks in like a, just such a small radius, you know, you can go, right up to Stanford, Connecticut. And there's like five sheets there and Westchester County alone. There's like, you know, five or six. It's just, it's crazy. There's hockey rinks everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And compared to here, like, I mean, luckily in Bakersfield, we have a rink here that's year round, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's allowed the youth program here to grow and especially, um, but then like the next one is like probably a little over an hour away. So we don't have that factor all the time of having close rinks. So like you said, I think that's just a big difference as well. Yeah, I remember growing up too with California youth hockey. I remember that in the crease documentary uh, kind of put, um, you know, youth hockey on the map with the California wave out there. But I also, I actually grew up playing against Matt Nieto and that 92 uh, junior Ducks team. They were, they were freaking nasty, man. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I remember, been, I remember, I remember that film. Yeah, that there's was, been, uh... there's been some good hockey out there. It's just, uh, it is growing, like you said, though, which is pretty encouraging to see. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, like, um, there are, there are good kids 
that are coming out of California, which is awesome to see. I think just the issue is that there's just not enough of that caliber, if that makes sense. I think that's just why kind of too that, you know, a lot of kids are making that move to go out of state or out of the country to go play. So, you know, hopefully it come around that, you know, kids are encouraged to stay around in California and then you can slowly kind of build that caliber in California. Yeah. So on that note, I mean, you know, you made, as you mentioned, you made the decision to kind of leave home at 16 to pursue hockey up in Canada with the Notre Dame Hounds in the what is it the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League? You know, Saskatchewan, yeah. which is Saskatoon. Uh, yeah. Saskatoon. yeah. <laughs> oh man, which so it's about twenty six hours away from from Bakersfield, right? If you kind of map it, you know, from where you grew yeah. up. So, what was that adjustment like moving away from home and, and playing up there? Uh, honestly, the only hard adjustment was uh, getting used to the snow. I mean, here in California, right? Like, if you want to go play in the snow, you got to go drive to it. Where you know it's snowing there all the time and I actually remember too uh it was my first year there and uh there was like it wasn't like a blizzard per se but it was snowing really hard in our dorm we actually got snowed in and I like went to my house parent I was like uh oh so like we had like a snow day today or something like that and they're like laughing and they're like uh no snow days don't exist out here <laughs> that's funny that's up there, so man. oh yeah so um in the middle of the prairies literally the middle of nowhere like Notre Dame a small village of Wilcox uh Saskatchewan like we're about 30 minutes from the city of Virginia so you know didn't have much access to anything but um honestly though no the adjustment was really easy and uh you know because I knew it was a spot where I wanted to be in and uh where it was just focusing on on hockey right so it was kind of like had the vibe of like college but early if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and so you know, it was nice because like you have like your classes and you like you go for the, the morning, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like you have like your practice, like during lunch hour, like in the middle afternoon, whatever. And then you maybe have like a one or two classes the rest of the day and then you're just done. So but just to be in an environment where it was just mostly all hockey all the time was perfect. Totally. I'm sure that kind of got you ready, you know, to be a college student over at Manhattanville, you know, following such a regimented schedule. But but did you feel like you had to, you know, make that move to potentially play junior hockey? Or do you think, you know, back then it's it's something you had to do compared to whereas maybe now, you know, there could be kids that maybe stick around California a bit longer and can still potentially play college hockey? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, it was kind of. So how I kind of ended up in California in the or sorry in California in Canada in the first place I'll just kind of give you the backstory. So when I was uh, 15, I was playing in uh, the Western States uh, Hockey League, that Tier Three Junior League. So Bakersfield got a team that year, um, got recruited by a scout from the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL, and then went to their camp, all that stuff, and didn't work out there, obviously. And then, you know, that's how I just ended up at, at Notre Dame. But um, that decision to leave home, though, I think was kind of my, I don't know if my past or whatever you want to call it to like realize like, okay, like if I really want to go play like high caliber hockey or have like a potential future with hockey, like I felt like that was the move I needed to do okay. as compared to now where I think that especially with social media a lot these days where kids can, you know, start making like highlight reels and stuff like that to kind of showcase their talents. Um, I think though that the caliber in California has become high enough to where, you know, it's drawing attention to 
people to come out and come watch. Um, I just wish there was probably more clubs that offered that higher caliber because out here, um, it's usually just the, the Kings, Ducks, and the Sharks, the youth programs out here um, that kind of draw that recruitment. And so, but I think though, there definitely is that potential though, for kids out of California to go play, say college hockey. That's great. So, so what advice would you have, you know, for players who, you know, maybe are in a situation like you were and they're, they have to leave home to maybe play junior hockey in Canada or somewhere else in the United States away from home. Uh, If you can give them kind of one piece of advice, if they're looking to make the jump, what would you, what would you say? I mean, yeah, if you're planning to, to leave or go out of the country or out of state, you know, I would honestly say kind of, do your research, you know, make sure that you're, you're wanting to go to a good league where, you know, it has that good talent and that good exposure. And honestly, I think that's a conversation too, that kids should have with uh, their coach as well, like going into a junior program, right? Like you expect to be there for say two or three years before you go off to college hockey, but, you know, obviously your coaches have a big factor in helping you get to that level, right. In regards to talking to these coaches, you know, to, help explain the type of player that you are and so um I definitely think that if you're willing to to make that move that you just want to make sure that it's kind of the good fit for you yeah that's actually a great great piece of advice too because just made me think of too like a lot of guys that are playing junior hockey for the first time it's almost where it's the first time they're playing hockey outside of youth hockey or, or even prep school hockey where it just all, all of a sudden becomes this atmosphere of it's still developmental, right? But now it's no longer a situation where like, you know, mom and dad can go talk to the coach. Like you're kind of expected to speak up on your own and, and have a good transparent relationship with your coaches. So it's a, it's a pretty good piece of advice. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's a whole different world that junior to midgets, right? Or whatever prep school. So, yeah, I think just being able to, uh, kind of help map your own route of, you know, getting to that next, if it's college, whatever it is right after. Right. So I think kids should definitely not be afraid to go talk to their coaches and uh, try to get the best help they can. Totally. So, you know, I believe the, you know, the SJHL where you played, they just recently named the new commissioner, but it's historically been, you know, one of the top junior A leagues in Canada. Uh, What was your experience like in that league? And and would you recommend it to any, anybody that's, you know, going to make the jump to juniors uh, currently? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a, it was a great league and I, my time there was awesome. Um, it's definitely uh, more of, I should say a blue collar league where, you know, it's going to force you to play a little bit more grittier, which is kind of my style anyways, which was perfect. Um, but it was kind of funny, just like, I think I took that time playing juniors though, to definitely kind of help identify the player that, you know, I became or wanted to be because there were times like my first year, I remember like I was like a fourth line guy. So it's just kind of more pure grit and grind. And then you slowly kind of roll into the middle and then kind of near like my 20 year old year was kind of like the first line, second line guy. Right. So I kind of got to play all different roles when I was at my time in the SJ. Um, but it definitely helped form and shape the player that um, I ended up becoming in college and pro. That's cool too. Because I mean, when, when you make the jump too to like college hockey, you know, it's, you could be, you know, a first line guy coming out of juniors, but you get recruited to play on a team where you're, you're going to be in the bottom six. Right. But the fact that you kind of got experience at playing in both situations, a top six forward, a bottom six forward, probably definitely helped you, you know, become a well-rounded player for, for Manhattanville. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of, it kind of did the same thing again. Um, when I got to college, you know, I kind of started off like that first, second line, 
and then you know kind of faded to the middle and then you know it's just you know it's a situation where it's just like you got to be able to adapt if that makes sense because you could be say first line center for one week and then all of a sudden you know you're getting dropped to third or fourth line and so it's just having that good consistency or just being able to adapt and knowing your role yeah so speaking of i mean you you, you had four great years you know at manhattanville you know you guys won a uchc championship you had a run to the tournament quarterfinals wasn't 2018-19 yep so can you kind of you know touch on your experience playing at the college level and and, and even making it to the tournament yeah, I mean, even just before uh, my decision to go to Manhattanville, I was uh, I was just kind of torn between uh, Manhattanville and uh, St. Norbert College actually wanted to recruit me and um, was talking to both. And, you know, Manhattanville uh, just kind of felt like the better choice. And so I'm so glad um, I ended up going there. But just my time there was unbelievable, too. And we had that. Uh, graduating class of 13 guys and those are guys that I'm gonna keep in my life forever for sure and uh just the whole experience was unbelievable you know in purchase New York you know like a quick train ride to New York City had access there you know had ride playland facility the old Rangers practice rink you know had all the works there um so just to have that you know that awesome balance of having you know college hockey and getting an education at the same time like my time there was definitely unbelievable for sure. Cool. And can you kind of talk about the, uh, the tournament for a bit? Oh yeah. The tournament too. was awesome. Like, you know, just the fact this winning, uh, the UCAC championship too, that, that weekend was an absolute wild ride itself. Um, and then, yeah, making the tournament for the first time in a while, um, you know, we definitely knew we had a good group to go make a good run and, you know, getting past, uh, UMass Boston that first round, um was unbelievable and just kind of fired us up even more and so for us to make it how far that we did um you know it's definitely something we take a lot of pride in for sure i remember live streaming that game it was that was a crazy crazy game so many lead changes and everything it was kept me on the edge of my seat the whole game it was oh that oh that you that umass boston umass boston i remember lipa freaking almost put the team on his back too late oh my god man glad he showed up to play that day holy (laughs) cow but like that was it was a wild ride, but yeah, just, yeah, the whole experience and, you know, every, every guy that I had on my team, you know, each year, like they, they'll forever hold a special place in my heart for sure. And um, yeah, it was definitely just something that I can never forget for sure. That's awesome. So, you know, after college, what went into your decision to play, you know, minor professional hockey? Yeah, I think it was just, especially because too, like after the year I had with, you know, that senior that senior year, I think I was just more like leaning towards like, okay, like I still want to play. Like, I'm just, I'm not ready to stop. And um, I think too, just in my heart, like hockey has just always been something since I was a kid. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make it to a point where, you know, I was playing some type of professional hockey. Right. And so um, no matter like what the level was, obviously knew like wasn't going NHL, but just to, just to see how far I can make it or just to keep playing in general. Right. And so um, when Danbury picked me up, I think it was just like a perfect fit for me. Well, there's, there's a lot of momentum right now up in Danbury, you know, they have a new rink renovation, uh, the, the trashers documentary that came out on Netflix, you know, how, how much fun did you have over the past two seasons playing up there? 
Oh my God. Uh, my time in Danbury is, uh, it's a very, very special one for sure. I think, you know, like growing up, I, uh, I grew up watching the, uh, the Bakersfield Condors here in town back then they were in the, uh, the East coast league though. But, um, like growing up though, like, and when I kind of like dreamed about playing professional hockey, like I wanted to play, you know, for a town and be in an environment where the fans, you know, there's like a lot of fans and they just love their hockey. And so like, you can feel that in Danbury when you play for that team. And, you know, I think that when you get to do something like that, it's just like, it's just, just kind of a special honor in a sense, if that makes any sense at all. No, but, it totally does. Um, but yeah, just like you feel that love they have for the, the hockey there. Obviously, you know, we're not in the NHL or anything like that, but just the passion they have for it. And, you know, ever since day one, since that documentary came out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just an unbelievable time, an unbelievable experience. You know, I couldn't, you know, think of a better group to be with also in that locker room. And it's definitely something I'm going to cherish forever, for sure. That's cool. I might have to get uh, Stephen and Tom Mealy on for my next episode, then I continue talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, Steve would love to come on for sure. <laughs> yeah. We might, we might trade places though. He's been asking me to hop on his uh, real estate podcast. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> if he hops on this one. So we'll see. Yeah. Do it. Do it one for one. So. Yeah. We might have to. So, you know, I know you just announced your retirement, like we talked about before, but, but what's next for you, you know, do you plan on kind of sticking around the game? Uh, in regards to being a full-time player? No, obviously. Um, it's just kind of like I said, that point in my life where I got to start moving on. And but I'm uh, I'm working towards my firefighting career now, actually. So uh, I'm trying to do that back out here in California. Um, I have uh, I have to take my written EMT exam certification to get that done. And then, yeah, just uh, work on getting hired by a fire department. Um, but at the same time, though, like I want to stick around the game um, and uh, kind of do some type of coaching and but, you know, that's what my summers typically entail out here is that uh, a lot of private lessons, do some clinics, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think definitely my time working for Eric Nates and with you guys out there, um, I definitely found a niche and a love for coaching now. And so um, being involved with hockey in that type of way, I think is something that I want to do definitely for sure. Yeah. I mean, that niche is definitely there. I mean, I, I saw it firsthand, right. I mean, over, over this, you know, the few years you spent with us and, and even last summer, you know, in Houston, when we were there and, you know, the skill level of the camp wasn't all that high, but you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to kind of give back and, and, and coach and, and try and help players get to the level that you played at, or maybe even further. Yeah, absolutely. That was just spot on, you know, just to, to find that love of, you know, teaching and, you know, helping these kids grow and, you know, teach them everything that you've learned. Right. And, you know, and I said, it's obviously up to the kid of how far they want to take it, but, you know, to have that knowledge to help them get to that level that they want to get to, it's just suddenly something that, you know, it's just, why not share, you know? And um, yeah, I definitely fell in love with it and I definitely want to stick with it. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's good to hear. So that's all I got for you, man, but thanks for, uh, for hopping on. I had a great, great time and a great conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to, glad to be on this podcast and uh, honored. And hopefully I know you're going to get as big as chicklets one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Person here and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks all for right, everything. Hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. All right. See ya. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Corey's a great player and a great friend. I wish him all the best as he pursues being a firefighter out west. 
Uh, maybe if all checks out, we could pull some strings and arrange a cross-country series between the FDNY hockey team here in New York against Corey and the boys out in California. It would be pretty fun. We'll see you next time for Episode 7. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when the next one drops on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay out of the box.